0: It came back, and I'm actually very significantly Native American. Yeah, that was surprising. Significantly Native American. And there was absolutely no reason for that to be.
1: Hello, you are listening to NPE Stories. This is a podcast where NPEs can share their story. Welcome to Episode 7, where today I am talking to Shelby. Hi, Shelby.
0: Hello. How are you?
1: Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Doing well. Thank you for emailing me. And I should just throw this out there at the beginning of this episode. If there are other MPEs that want to share their story, you can email npestories at gmail.com. And I'll remind people of that at the end of the episode too. So thank you for contacting me. And also, thank you for sending me the virtual hug. I was telling you a little bit about my story.
0: Yeah, of course, of course. I mean, hugs are great and I'm not a big hugger in person, but virtual hugs I'm awesome at. And, you know, I kind of have a feel for when people might need one. So,
1: Yeah, you do. And we get it, don't we? One NPE talking to another, it's like, you get what I'm feeling.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yes. Holy cow.
1: <laughs> so I really haven't talked with you about your NPE story. And if you don't mind, why don't you just go ahead and start from the beginning and tell me what your original
0: family was like? So I, I'm, I'm from Kansas. I'm very open. My life's a pretty open book. So I'm from Kansas, and I was born in 1980, so I'm very much a child of the 80s. I was a latchkey kid. Both of my parents worked. Um, my dad owned businesses and they were local businesses, but he was out of the house quite a bit And my mom up until I was like, oh my goodness, like six or seven She had a beauty shop attached to our house and then she left to go work In the capital city, which was about 30 minutes away So we could have insurance coverage. I think that's an age-old story One parent's always having to make sure we have insurance, you know Yes Yes, so my brother and I, I have a younger brother I grew up with. We were latchkey kids of the 80s. You know, we did all the cool stuff. We fought and spent most of our days outside. And, you know, very normal kind of things that if you grew up in that era, you would recognize, you know, we still joke about stuff that I think only '80s kids maybe understand. Um, I was born in 1980. There was a fun family story, and I call it a fun family story in in huge air quotes, because it's not a fun family story. But there's a fun family story that I think I learned when I was maybe ten or eleven, and looking back, that probably is not an ideal time to hear a story like this. But the story goes that my mother was told during her first marriage before the marriage to my dad, that she could never have kids. So she fully expected never to you know to be pregnant. And her mother-in-law at the time told her, You'll have kids. It just won't be with my son. And she was right, that mother-in-law. So mom discovered she was pregnant in spring of 1980 and was shocked because, you know, you've been told you can never have children. And you don't expect to ever hear that coming from your doctor, you know. And she never had symptoms or anything like that. It was just she wasn't feeling well and went in and discovered she was several months alone. So she went home to tell my dad. (laughs) that she was pregnant and his first words were, whose is it? So that's not a story you really probably need to hear when you're 10 or 11. And I didn't really appreciate how odd that story was for many, many, many years. So they got married um, and I was born about five months later. And at the time, you know, nobody really questioned anything. But looking back with all of the knowledge I have now, looking back at my baby pictures, I kind of wonder how nobody said anything you know, my dad, the dad I grew up with, who I will call dad because he was my father. um, He was, he had dark hair and this big mustache and he was kind of a big guy. And I was born with very, very dark hair and I was kind of a dark baby and uh, blue eyed, but maybe not what you would have possibly expected from a mom who had blonde hair and blue eyes. And then my dad, it was just, I wonder, you know, how nobody said anything (laughs) when I was born. So my brother was born a couple of years later. We grew up, you know, just with the, the typical childhood we would you expect. My parents were really amazing people. And gosh, they worked their tails off to provide for us and give us a life. And fast forward many years, and my dad had a massive heart attack in 2007. I was pregnant with my oldest daughter at the time. And we took him off life support four days after the heart attack occurred. And I remember thinking, yeah, yeah." at that point, I have to put something together for my children because all I had from dad and even from mom at that point, you know, were just stories about family and picture albums filled with pictures of people I didn't know. And there were a lot of assumptions like, and I'm sure maybe you've experienced this too, a lot of MPEs do about, well, the, the word is that we're, French and we're German and we're Irish and we're all of these things, but nobody really knows that for sure because nobody's built a family tree. So I started on Ancestry.com, like tons and tons of us do, and I started building a family tree. That was in 2007. I got the family tree back on both sides to about the early 1700s, pretty, um, you know, pretty positively. After that, it's it's a little more shaky, as a lot of trees are. (laughs) you you don't quite Mm. know if it's the same people with similar names at that point, but so my mother, a year before my dad passed, had been diagnosed with an autoimmune disease called scleroderma, and we spent the next nine years of her life after dad passed battling that. She died in 2015, in in August of 2015, and my husband, knowing at that point, you know, how interested I was in making sure that our trees were complete for our kids, because we have two daughters, gave me an Ancestry DNA test for Christmas that year.
1: Okay. And this was after your mom had passed?
0: Yes. So Christmas of 2015 is when I got the Ancestry DNA test.
1: And let me just, I just have to say, whenever I hear this, I have to say, I'm so sorry about your dad passing and your mom passing. That sounds devastating. Thank you. Okay.
0: Yeah, thank you. It was rough.
1: Christmas of 2015 you got your test?
0: Yes, Christmas of twenty fifteen. I got my test, you know, took the test, sent it back. And it had to have been early February of sixteen. I think I got my test in early enough that I missed the, the holiday rush that happens with all of those tests now. So it didn't take very long. It was less than six weeks. Mm-hmm. But I got my results back. Results came back and I'm looking through them. Fully expecting to see, you know, you're all European. My dad came from Western Kansas from a family of Catholic farmers. My mom came from Eastern Kansas from a very similar background. I'm fully expecting to see you're all kinds of, you know, English, Irish, French, German, all the things they said we were. It came back, and I'm actually very significantly Native American. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah, that was surprising. It's significantly Native American. And there was absolutely no reason for that to be, but I think I'm like a lot of NPEs with that first test. I looked at it and thought, that's weird. I don't know what that means, you know, because I wasn't far enough into the DNA side of research to understand exactly why that was so strange. So I kind of pushed it out of my mind for a little bit, but then I had a I posted on Facebook and I should have gone back to find the date of the post, but I posted that I got my results back and there were some, some weird results. And one of my cousins sent me a Facebook message and asked me what they were. And I told her, and I remember saying in that conversation, somebody is lying or there's a branch of our family tree that none of us knows about. You know, I remember having that very conversation with her that night. So I told my brother, the brother I grew up with, that I got these really strange results back, and he immediately sent off for a 23andMe DNA test because they had just sort of burst onto the scene, and they were getting bigger, and they offered those health reports that Ancestry didn't offer.
1: And you did Ancestry, but now he was going to do 23andMe?
0: Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, He wanted the health reports, which I understood with, you know, our dad passing from you know, just a huge cardiac problem and our mom having the health problem. She did. I totally understood why. So he got the 23andMe. You know, he was waiting for that test to come back. And in the meantime, I had a match on Ancestry.com. And this was way before I understood what centimorgans were and how you match other people with your DNA numbers on all these sites. Yeah. But this match came through and I was looking at it and the number for how much we shared was really, really high. Um, You know, so I started jumping into that. And for people who aren't familiar with that, the the amount of centimorgans that you share with somebody can indicate the relationship that you have with them. So, you know, the more you share, the higher the, the probability that, you know, they're your parent or they're a sibling or what have you. So the amount of DNA I shared with this person was enough that he couldn't have been my father or sibling, but he could be an uncle. Mm -hmm. Um, My mother's sister took a DNA test on Ancestry as well, and her results came back. And I can't even tell you the timing of that, but they came back and I could see how much DNA I shared with her. Mm -hmm. I shared more with this other match than I did with my mother's sister. Oh, no. Yeah, yes, yes. So they were still in the realm of aunt and uncle. But I shared more with him, and I determined that it was a man based on his screen name than I did with the aunt I'd known my whole life. So I kind of, you know, I wasn't real swift at this at that point because I think everybody has a a moment of hard denial, and I was still in that position a little bit. So once we found out that the brother I grew up with had gotten the 23andMe test, my husband and I ordered 23andMe tests if for nothing else than to have those health reports too. Mm-hmm. So we took our tests and all of us were sort of in the, the test limbo, just waiting for it to come back at this point. And I hadn't messed with anything on ancestry.com any further because I, I mentally wasn't ready to go there yet. So tests came back for 23andMe. I think I was stalking the site at that point. And if you've done these tests, you kind of start getting antsy around week three, I think. I was antsy probably week four, week five, waiting for results to come in. And I think I found the results before I even got the notification email. So I popped into the site. I, I was standing in the kitchen, I think, on my phone or possibly sitting in the bedroom on my phone. I can't remember where because it's kind of a hazy moment for me. I just remember the feeling associated with it. Opened it up. And I had a match. <laughs> it was the brother I grew up with at the time. And I don't know if 23andMe still does this, but at the time, they had this little thing that popped up underneath the names of your match- matches that said predicted relationship. And I don't know if that's familiar to, do, to you, but yeah. those words will never leave my mind. Predicted relationship for the brother I grew up with was half sibling. And I thought that actually makes a lot of sense with everything else that I had discovered to that point. Of oh. course, he hadn't looked at anything yet. He had no idea.
1: You must so have I... been shocked when you saw those that predicted
0: relationship, or maybe you were prepared. Uh, shocked is a great word. Um, I, I kind of knew, I think, I suspected, based on everything else I had seen and that I had put together from the way DNA testing works, but it still felt like all of the air just sucked out of the room. You know, it was one of those kinds of sensations. And I know MPEs, not everybody has that, but a lot of people know what that feeling is. Yes, yes. Completely. Sort of like when the floor drops out from like, like a tilt-a-whirl, it feels like that.
1: <laughs> I can still feel that feeling and I relive it sometimes. Yes, that feeling exactly.
0: Yeah, it, I will say I'm several years removed from this experience now you know, that initial discovery and it's not a feeling that you forget. It gets easier, but you don't forget how that moment felt. So I knew my brother hadn't seen it. Um, I think I spent the night with that information because I discovered it in the evening before I said anything to him. I was righteously angry at my mom. Uh, My husband was there. So he could probably tell, you, like, all the partners of NPEs exactly how this goes. But I was righteously angry at my mother. Um, I was grieving because this is very much a grief process. And it all happened all at once. So I spent the night with the knowledge, gave it a little bit. But I also believe that was the night that I spent stalking on Facebook and Ancestry.com that match that I had. His screen name was actually his real name, which was very, very helpful. So I was able to find what is actually my biological father's pretty much entire family in the course of about two hours. And I am very lucky in that. Not every NPE has that experience and not every every NPE can even find their their whole biological family now. So I consider myself really blessed in that I was able to do that. So I determined that he was my uncle. I was able to find my, it would be my grandfather on that side. Uh, A whole article written about him. He was a prisoner of war. He was a, a soldier. My, and I'm getting ahead in the story a little bit, but I discovered a ton about the family. I found my aunt and I found my biological father. And (laughs) Ancestry.com is really great in the resources that they have because they go so deep. I was able to find yearbook photos of my biological father from his time in college. Wow. Yeah, that was amazing. I remember finding that picture and instantly realizing where my hair came from, where my chin came from, where like the crooked way that I grin comes from. And that was really strange because while I grew up with you know cousins and aunts and uncles on both sides of my family, I didn't grow up with family that looked a whole lot like me. My cousins on my mother's side, we do have some resemblance, but not a ton. The brother I grew up with, yeah, I mean, you could tell we, we have the same, one of our parents is the same, but there's not a ton of resemblance there. But I found that picture and so much made sense. Oh! So then I progressed from that, from Ancestry.com stalking to Facebook stalking. <laughs> <laughs> and I think every MPE might have that experience as well. Yep. You you move, you jump platforms. <laughs> oh, I've been there. Yes. <laughs> yes. <Yeah>, so <laughs> I rolled onto Facebook. I found, you know, my aunt, my uncle, my biological father. And then I started finding these cousins that are all around my age. And oh my gosh, it was the first time I found family that looked like me. Uh, There's one cousin, she's just a couple years younger than I am. I found a picture of her on Facebook and I felt like I was looking into a mirror because I have a photo that's taken that's in almost an identical position. We're both wearing black shirts. Our hair was just about the same length at that time. You know, when the photos were taken, it's the same color. (laughs) And I remember looking at that picture going, Holy cow. (laughs) I showed that picture to my husband, you know, the next day. And his response was, you know, Holy shit. wow, (laughs) Yeah. That's what he said. Um,
1: That must have felt so surreal to look at this a version of you, basically.
0: Yeah, yes, yes. Surreal is the most perfect descriptor for this whole experience. (laughs) Because I had never had family that looked like that. You know, that other than small resemblances, never, never had. It was the strangest feeling So I reached out to my uncle on Ancestry.com and I never got a response. But Ancestry's messages are, you know, kind of known for being wonky. Sometimes you get them. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes it takes forever for you to get them. And I'm not sure that he had signed in to see it at that point. So, of course, me being me, I sent him a message on Facebook. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I think it went to that dreaded other folder where all messages go to die on Facebook. (laughs) Yes. Because he never responded to that. So I had decisions to make at that point. And I waited several weeks and kind of worked through the process. I told in that downtime between contacts, I told my brother that I grew up with that we definitely had a different dad. And I probably didn't do it in the most gentle fashion or the best way. Because, you know, there's no guidebook for how this experience goes. You know, I think it's funny in Beetlejuice, they have that handbook for the recently deceased, but nobody has written a handbook for the recently NPE, and I kind of wish they would because it'd be really helpful. So you could figure out, how do I tell my sibling that we don't share a dad? Or how do I contact my long-lost family? You know, things like that. Yes. It'd be really nice to have that. But So I broke the news to him. Um, my husband obviously knew. And then just a couple of very close friends also found out. And I told my supervisor at work because this event affects your life in a very profound way. And it doesn't affect everybody's life in the same way. So I was already struggling with depression after the death of my mother. And we're about a year out from her death at this point, if you're kind of keeping track on a timeline. And I went to my supervisor at the time and I told her what happened. And the industry I work in, you know, we're all kind of the same age. So (laughs) she didn't quite know what to say. No one does. But she was also so incredibly gracious about saying, if you need time, just take it. And not everybody has that experience. I'm really thankful that she was supportive and willing to do that. So I actually took, I think, a couple weeks maybe away from work. I did some work from home, but I took a couple weeks just to kind of reground and regather and figure out what I needed to do next. I was also seeing a therapist at that time because of the depression I was dealing with after mom's death. And I remember the therapist when I told him (laughs) his response was not ideal. And I can talk about this here in a little while, but his response was that's not the craziest thing I've heard in here. And here meant his office, not the craziest thing, but it's in the top 10. Mm. So that was very not helpful. No. That was the opposite of helpful. Hey, yes, it
1: sounds like it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, and this is kind of an aside, but I think the mental health community maybe hasn't been able to catch up with this issue yet. And certainly three years ago, people were even less likely to have ever met a person who was an NPD So I sort of get it. Oh. But the, the mental health community has really got to Take some steps here to make sure that MPE people are supported, and those that are reaching out for mental health, you know, assistance are able to get quality care, and not you're not the craziest, but top ten care, right? Because that's not ideal. <laughs> thank. <laughs>
1: thank you, Shelby, for addressing that. I, I, and I too could go off on a digression of that, but I please, please therapy, counseling, community, psychologists, get on it, start doing case studies. In 10, 20 years, they need to have something better in their therapy techniques than what they have now for
0: NPEs. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yes. I could probably talk for hours on that topic, yes. but yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. There's a lag and we have to address that lag just a little bit. Yep. Uh, so <laughs> This was all in that down period between, you know, the message going to the other black hole on Facebook and me sending a third message. I had decided at this point that if I didn't get a response from my uncle with this third message, that I would probably let it go. I sent this third message and his response was really prompt. He came back and said, thank you so much for resending it. I saw the first one and then it disappeared and I never could find it again, which makes perfect sense if you're on a phone, you can't find that other folder once it's gone we started emailing. He and my aunt took um, a while to kind of explore my pictures on Facebook because we connected there. And he eventually emailed back and said, we've looked at everything and we are fully convinced that you're absolutely right. I mean, aside from the DNA test, the photographic evidence was just astronomical. So we all had phone calls, and they were very welcoming, and it was a really surreal, really strange sort of out-of-body, otherworldly experience. This was phone calls
1: with, with just the uncle and the aunt, though, right? Or was yes. just your birth yes. yeah Yes.
0: No, just my uncle and my aunt. Okay. Just them. So what I discovered about my biological father was that he died in 2010. Oh, uh, oh no. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I'm one of those NPEs. Thank you. Um, I'm one of the NPEs that discovers after everybody has passed, which makes my experience kind of different from a lot of folks' experience. But that's why it was so otherworldly talking to them, because, you know, the three of us were admitting that, yes, this person was my father, but they knew a person I would never know. And it was just one of those sort of things that I felt like this is happening to somebody else. This is so not happening to me right now. And I know there's a ton of NPEs that know what that feeling is, that dissociation feeling. Um, So we had those phone conversations and it progressed to Facebook contacts. My uncle let me know that I have three brothers and a sister from my biological father. I connected with them on Facebook. One of those siblings, he said, and of course, you know, so-and-so. And And I said, why, of course I know so-and-so. And And then I realized who he was talking about. So-and-so is one of my biological brothers, my half-brother from my biological father. And he and I have known each other since we were 11 years old. We went to school together starting in sixth grade. Oh, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I have a really odd story. Yes. Um, yeah, so we, we, you have to understand, I grew up in a very small rural area. In fact, I think the 2010 census or whenever it was said we had 312 people in our town. So I grew up in a very small area. And that area also includes a Native American reservation. My half-brother came into school starting in sixth grade. So we've known each other for years, and we shared a table in science. They had these two-seater tables that were kind of like six feet wide, maybe, maybe not quite that wide. We shared a table in eighth grade science. I remember us getting in trouble for talking to each other. Oh Wow! <laughs> um, he got detention in eighth grade because he threw spitballs at me during world history. <laughs> he sat at a desk behind me. <laughs> My my aunt thinks those are really funny stories because she thinks that we somehow sensed it and were drawn together. And the question that I know everybody is asking themselves right now, because my friends have asked, who found out, was, "Oh my gosh, you guys didn't date, right?" No, we never dated. <laughs> that was never a thing. <laughs> so I'll just settle everybody's mind now because I know people are wondering. Oh yeah,
1: because that I mean that can be a possibility, you know.
0: Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. But we have these shared experiences. And I'm thankful for those because we didn't know we were sharing those as siblings. You know, the the woman who was the maid of honor in my wedding and who's still one of my best friends ran over my brother's foot with her car once. I remember him shaving off his eyebrows in high school because somebody dared him to for $10. I always thought he should have held out for more, but he didn't. And he still did it. <laughs> for $10. <laughs> $10. So, you know, we have these shared experiences and those are amazing memories that before they were great memories, but they're different now. Mm. My uncle told that brother and his Facebook message to me was, is it true? And when did you find out? And I told him and he said, I'm going to need a little bit of time, you know, to deal with everything, which I, gosh, I totally understood that without a doubt. My sister contacted me. My cousins, the ones who look like me, started contacting me. And the one cousin who had that picture that was so startling, she introduced me to another cousin, another female cousin, and said, wait till you see her pictures. Yes. The three of us together, if you met us, you would assume we were sisters because the resemblance is that strong. Wow. Yeah. Yeah it still is still startling to me that their pictures pop up on Facebook sometimes. And I always think, gosh, I didn't, I don't remember taking that picture and it's not me. It's them. Oh, that must feel so strange. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it does. It's a good strange. Now at the beginning, I don't know that it was good or bad. It was neutral and just different. That cousin, that, that other cousin, the female cousin who's a little older and more my age than our younger one, she has a daughter who looks very, very much like my oldest daughter. My sister's kids look, her girls look like my oldest daughter. My youngest, I say my oldest, my youngest looks more like her dad's side of the family. Although one of my brothers has a son and and my nephew and my daughter do kind of share a little bit of a resemblance there. But it's very interesting how genetics carry across generations and how you can see those differences. Wow. Yeah, so I think that all happened in early 2016 or early, oh my gosh, we'd be 2017 by now when I, you know, really started finding all that out. Uh, I met my uncle, two of my aunts. We all had dinner together here. They all drove to meet me, which was really nice because we all live states apart, unfortunately. You know, we shared stories. I remember raising my eyebrow at dinner and my, my aunt rose stopped and goes, oh my gosh, that's a family thing, apparently, that eyebrow raise. I didn't know it, but I did it. (laughs) It kind of stopped her in her tracks because I guess that was something that my biological father did as well. So it's been an interesting journey. We drove to South Dakota for a family event, for a memorial for uh, my uncle's wife's parents. I came home with a painting that hung in their house because it was a tradition in their family gave away some of their objects to the rest of the family. I'm grateful for that. The painting sits in my living room where I can look at it every day. We met the family that looks a lot like us. My daughters and I did. It was a really amazing experience. My brother and one of my brothers, I should say, I have so many brothers now and I'm still not used to saying that, but One of my brothers drove up from Oklahoma with his wife and his son, and they stopped and had dinner with all of us. And we went to the pool at the hotel they were staying at, and we were sitting in the hot tub with our feet in the hot tub. And my brother and I discovered that we have the same feet and the same ankles, and we both have a tendency to roll our ankles (laughs) pretty regularly, which was kind of a funny thing to learn. That's such a, a weird family genetic issue, I assume. But yeah, it was really bizarre to look across and see my feet on another person's body. Oh, that's strange. Yes. Very strange. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was interesting and surreal. Again, it's just such a perfect word. But, you know, we talk on Facebook. We all have contact with each other. I've met, um, I haven't met my sister yet, but we do talk on Facebook. I haven't met one of my brothers, but he's a brother that doesn't have a whole lot of contact with much of the family so that doesn't surprise me and I think that someday we'll meet but I'm not I'm not in a place where I feel like I need to push that particularly because there's history there that I don't know about so that's one of the things that I think the handbook for whomever decides to write that maybe I will I don't know needs to list is family we're all in different places and we all have history we don't know about but overall I've been really really lucky in a way that I think a lot of other NPEs aren't and that my biological family was very, very willing to you know, embrace me and welcome me into the family.
1: I'm so glad they did, considering oh, how frustrating it is that here your parents have passed. You have no one to ask these questions. And thank God your new family is showing some acceptance, or at least quite a few of them are, in welcoming you. You
0: deserve that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I will say in that downtime, I did try to contact the people that I thought might know something. So that would have been my mom's sister. And I talked to her and her first response when I said, dad is not my biological father, it's this man. Her first response is very, very typical. And she said, that can't be true. Your dad is your dad. The DNA test is wrong. And that's such a typical response, you know, being part of Facebook groups for other MPEs. I know that response happens probably more often than not. And I think it's just a, a gut check that people have and it just comes out. And I told her, no, it absolutely is accurate. Multiple DNA tests at this point have proven that. Do you remember or know anything about who this man was? And her story changed at that point. (laughs) You know, part of being an MPE is being able to confront stuff that happened before you were born in some cases. And again, it's probably something that should go in the handbook. But she said, your mom wasn't sure who the father was at the time that she was pregnant. And there was a man who rode a motorcycle. She remembered that. Well, my biological father did ride motorcycles. There are pictures of him doing so. I've seen them. So she might be thinking about the same person. But she couldn't remember anything other than that. And, you know, looking back now, I'm sure it was just as much of a shock to her as it was to anybody else in hearing that. So I went to the woman who had been my mom's best friend since they were five, who was also my husband's aunt. And asked her and told her. And and her response was, I I don't know. You know, she was also shocked. Everybody's been shocked. (laughs) She didn't know either. So my third option was my dad that I grew up with, one of his brother's sister or, or wife, excuse me, wife. So it would be my aunt again. Yeah. She was a nurse. She lived with my mom for the last couple of years of her life, helped take care of her, you know, made her comfortable and gave her, uh, gave her help and companionship and care in the last couple of years of her life. So I was really grateful for that. But I also thought they might have talked about things, uh, particularly as it was really obvious that things were not progressing the way we wanted them to. So I, I kept trying to call her. And she had moved at this point after my mom passed. So I thought maybe we were just missing each other because she was off doing other things and busy. And finally, we connected. I remember this because I was driving to work the day that I finally got her on the phone. And her first response was a very snappy, what is it that you need? Mm, Whoa, okay. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I was a little surprised too. But I also thought, man, that is such a good question about this whole experience. Because what is it that I need? One, I need answers. And two, I need somebody who understands what this feels like. And unfortunately, at that point, I didn't know about other NPEs out there. I felt very alone. And nobody has any answers. (laughs) Her response was a little gentler than her answering the phone had been. And it was, you know, I don't know anything other than that story that she and your dad used to tell, that fun family story, you know. So I hit a wall with all of the resources that I knew of because I really didn't know of anyone else I could possibly ask who would remember and who had been around at that point in time.
1: Yeah. Oh, I was just saying how frustrating trying to put the story back together, piece the story back together with so many
0: missing people. Yeah. yeah. It, it's difficult. You know, on the one hand, I am blessed because I was able to find that biological family But on the other hand, with everybody gone, I fall into that group of NPEs who you just eventually have to learn to live with the fact that you're not going to get all of the answers that you're to the questions you're asking just because the people aren't physically here. So, yeah, that was that was some interesting time of research and that that downtime that I took in between contacts when I was off of work for a little bit. I did ask my uncle if he remembered my mom and he saw pictures of her and his statement was, she's familiar. He thought that maybe she had traveled with my biological father once or twice because she looked very familiar. The other thing about being an NPE that a lot of people don't think about until much later in the process is that I think we all have types of people that we're attracted to And if you look at the dad I grew up with and my biological father, that's very true for my mom.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I know they were both both very handsome guys who looked a lot alike. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> it happens a lot. Yes. But, oh my gosh, so often. I assume you, this is familiar to you too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, could, I was just going to say, my mom had a type. It sounds like your mom had a type too.
0: Yes. Yes. My biological father, I think, had a type as well. Uh, at least one of my other brothers, because none of us have the same moms, but one of my other brothers, his mother looks very much like my mom. Oh. I mean, they if you saw them together, you'd think maybe they were related somehow.
1: Wow.
0: Very similar. That's sort of a, a side road of this journey is finding out that I think that holds true for a lot of people. We all have a type and we all kind of stick to it. And it's so interesting to see photos of people (laughs) figuring out what their type was
1: yes that makes sense completely
0: yeah yeah it's it's been kind of fun if you look at it from a sociological standpoint but i want to know if
1: what i want to know what your brother you grew up with thinks about all of this and how he responded
0: he has been generally really amazing about all of of all of the responses that I know that siblings have he falls into the category of probably should receive a medal for how they behave because he's been so supportive and really amazing and I know he has dealt with his own issues from this as everyone does but he has told me on multiple occasions I'm so glad you found them I'm so glad that they are the way they are and that you're able to meet them and be around them and they're supportive and he's been so supportive. Yeah. He probably should win an award of some point of some sort.
1: (laughs) That's sweet. That's, that's sweet of you to say. And it sounds like, yeah, it sounds great
0: that he's behaved this way. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, I know not everybody ends up with that support from their family. So I am nothing other than grateful that that's the response I've gotten there. You know, family's a funny thing. And People talk about defining who their family is or their friends. And I think for me, that's partially true because I have a lot of friends I would consider family. But I went from having, you know, my parents were gone, grandparents were gone. A lot of people have passed in my family, even since I discovered all of this, we've lost a lot of people. And now I have, my gosh, cousins and just this huge other family that I didn't even know existed. Surreal, again. Uh, and just a wild thing to see happen that all of a sudden I'm related to all these people and had no idea. Well, I
1: don't want to interrupt what you were about to say, but I did want to know um, now do your kids have also have a relationship with their new aunts and uncles and cousins or some of them at
0: least? Uh, they get to see pictures on Facebook. You know, they, they have met these family members and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. But because we live so far apart, in some cases, it's kind of difficult. Oh, yes. Uh, But no, they know. I've been very open with them about who everyone is and where they all come from and how this all came about. I know that they... My oldest is 11 at this point. So she's starting to kind of understand how that stuff functions together. My youngest knows, but from a biological standpoint, she's still not in a place where she entirely (laughs) understands the, the ways that adults have children together. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So that will come later, but yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, they they have what I think a lot of kids have now when you live far apart, they have Facebook relationships and they get to see pictures and they hear stories. And I'm again, grateful. It's kind of an overused word, but that's the way I feel about it. The fact that they get to have all those people in their lives, and we're hoping to get down to Oklahoma to see my brother and you know my sister and everybody who's there because I have tons of family there, so we can meet all of them. But the thing I was going to say also, so my husband and I both took those 23andMe DNA tests, and I discovered that we are members of the same Native American tribe. (laughs) We took the tests. We are not related. Okay. I laugh now because it's just funny to me, but it was one of the things when I found out when my my biological father's sister, my aunt, gave me the list of the tribes that we descend from. I thought, "Oh no, am I related to my spouse and didn't know? You know, we it would be distant, but what?" Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, we are not. 23Me has confirmed that, thank God. We are not somehow mysteriously related but it could have happened. Yeah. So my biological father passing in 2010, that was a whole other kind of grief. And that's one thing I hope that other NPEs understand is that this is a grieving process in a very profound way, but it's not a grief process that is like losing somebody you knew. I have all these stories about him and I've seen pictures and he was a musician which made something else about my life fall into place. I play multiple instruments. I sing. I'm not the greatest singer, but I sing. I have musically talented children. And, you know, it finally made sense where that all might have come from. I've gotten to see and hear videos of him singing, recordings of him singing. So that's been a real blessing. But him being gone, I only know him from stories and pictures. So it's a very different kind of grief. And I think that NPEs tend to fall into several types of how their story goes. And for those of us with everyone being gone and everyone having passed, we, I think our grief process is extended because we don't have quite the same interactions and support systems that those NPEs who find, you know, their biological father alive. I think we have a much different experience grieving and working through the process than they do. And it's not, you know, better or worse. It's just different.
1: Yeah. What does that feel like grieving for a man that you didn't know was your birth father and that has passed in 2010? What did that, what did that feel like for you?
0: (sighs) It, It was, and still is in many ways, work in some fashion um difficult work sometimes because I'm years past that initial finding out most days are super easy but then there are days that come along and man that grief just comes out of nowhere and just hits you like a truck in the intersection you know but it's work because I never met him I didn't know him And I I still don't necessarily call him dad because I didn't know him that way. I call him by his name. And my grief feels very much like grief for somebody I never met, which makes total sense because I never did. And it's much different than the grief I have for the dad I grew up with. Just because, you know, I don't have the same life experience. So, you know, sometimes I feel like I should have grieved more or should have felt more, but... That's really hard when you've never met that person. I think I have a lot of regret for not meeting him. And that's part of that grief process too, It's regret. It's kind of a bad word in my house, regret. <laughs> it kind of floats along with you all the time. It feels very much like hard, hard work. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever gone through losing a parent, people who've gone through that process maybe understand what that means. And it's constantly ongoing. You don't ever really get over it. It just gets easier until you have a Mac truck kind of day and then you get hit from out of nowhere with it. And then you wow. go into those coping processes, you know, of I'm going to let myself feel these feelings and I hope that other NPEs get this, is that we are allowed to have those feelings. We are allowed to take the time to work through them and we need to find support systems to help get us through those kinds of Mac truck days. That's the other thing about this process that I hope people understand is that when you first find out that you are an NPE, I think some people are very hard on themselves and that they expect that they should just get over it very quickly, or it really shouldn't be the profound life event that it actually is. And I just, if they're listening, I hope they know that they need to give themselves some grace and some time to deal. And that time to deal might not be days it might be months, it might be years for some people, depending on which kind of NPE they fall into. And if they have a supportive family structure that is reaching back out to them, but give yourself grace. That's what I tell people You know, on Facebook is give yourself some time. And that sounds kind of trite, but it's absolutely 100% true. You will feel very differently about maybe this aspect of being an NPE a week from now and a month from now and a year from now. And don't just feel the emotions, yes, but don't sit in those for days. And let them progress the way that they were going to naturally.
1: And I have to say, you sound listening to you and listening to your story and how you were talking about when you first found out you had this wonderful supportive boss who was like, take time. And you needed that time. And now talking to you today and you just sound, things have progressed for you. You you, you speak so confidently about feeling those feelings and progressing with them and meeting your new birth family's side. And it's, I mean, you're a few
0: years into this, aren't you? I, I am. I am. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. It's been, it's been a long journey. It's not ever a road that you want to drive down really, but you know, I'm, I'm three, well, I'm four years technically, I guess, because the process kind of started when my mom passed. Um, I'm several years into it compared to folks who are very new to it or even a year. It's different now than it was at a year out, two years out, you know, obviously much different than even a month out from that day that I read that predicted relationship on the website. So I had a lot of time to think about it. And, you know, I found the group on Facebook and they're full of supportive folks who have been there. And I was grateful that somebody finally understood. I didn't feel like I was stumbling around in the dark, not knowing what to do or how to feel. But also knowing that nobody gets to tell me how to feel because literally there are so few people on the planet that know how this feels that I'm just gonna work through this the way that I know how I need to work through it. And yeah, I was really, really lucky very early on to have supportive people who were just there trying to be supportive. Not every MPE gets that help. And you know, having a spouse who, even when he doesn't know what to say about it because he's not been there, he still knows. I still know that he's there and ready to listen, you know, to help me through whatever. But there are definitely NPEs who don't get that support and whose new biological family, for whatever reason, is unwilling to meet them and support them and who rejects them. And those NPEs are the ones that, you know, I, I hope hear this to know that it's really not about them, it's all about that other family dealing with whatever they need to deal with and I know that maybe doesn't make it any easier but that's kind of how it happens sometimes and yeah that sucks a lot <laughs> I feel yeah. badly for them. so I hope they have those support systems that they need you know nobody wants to reach out to a biological father and hear them say no it's not true the DNA tests are are not correct or you know to a potential sibling and have that sibling say the same thing back nobody wants to hear that but there are at the very least now other people out there who understand who can help them through.
1: That's true. We get it. The other NPEs, we get it. And thank you for bringing up just a reminder, the DNA NPE group that exists on Facebook. It's a secret Facebook group. It's, it's for us. And I'm, I'm sure there's other places and resources as well. And you seem to have really been through this journey and you know a lot about the the DNA. And I, I believe you're part of that support group. So if people want to find out more about you or get in touch with you, are you okay with that? And how how do they do that?
0: Um, absolutely, they can. Uh, I am on Facebook. You can find me in that group. If you are part of that group, you can find me um, under my name, Shelby. Uh, I'm also on Instagram. I think it's Shelby G. You can find me on Instagram. Um, I am findable on Facebook. (laughs) My current profile picture is of a screaming um, cat with very large ears. (laughs) If you are looking for a Shelby, find the one with the cat with large ears and you will have found me. And I'm totally fine if people want to contact me through that group um, or find me on Instagram perfectly happy to do that just because I know how it feels, you know, I've been there and I know how it feels the day one. I know how it feels at a month. I know how it feels at you know, four years out and I'm willing to talk to people.
1: Thank you. And thank you so much for all the information you gave and also for sharing your story. And I really hope you do
0: write that guidebook <laughs> for us. We need it. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate the time. I guess the only other thing I would want to say is to those biological families that are being contacted by MPEs is that the vast majority of us are not looking for anything other than answers. In some some cases, people are literally just looking for medical information because that's a big deal to have to go into your doctor and say, half of what I told you about my family history is wrong because I've had to do that. And I had to do that with the doctor that cared for my father and my mother. So he knew them, which made it a thousand times harder. Um, You know, we're not looking for anything other than maybe a couple of answers. And yeah, some people are going to want a relationship, but that varies person to person. But there is nothing worse than thinking that this family is out there and they don't want you. So I just, I hope those biological families whoever it is that's contacted first steps back and puts themselves in the position of the MPE to think, how would I feel if this was me asking for this? And maybe take a minute just to think about it from that perspective, other than these are a bunch of, you know, gold diggers for a, a terrible term to use, but it's one I've definitely seen a lot that people have gotten a response of because <sighs> that's just not the case.
1: Good point. Good point. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks again to Shelby for sharing today. These stories are here for us to identify with. And if you are an NPE that would like to share your story, email npestories at gmail.com. You do not have to give any identifying information. I am searching for more NPEs and I'd like to hear from you. Subscribe to this podcast to hear more. Come heal with us.